Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Listen to Daydio. Dangerous podcast. It's the elite. Lave Radio. So much to say, Dio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 80 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of the Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, Fossil Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Signwider for this episode are Head of Station Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Moss Woodward. Uh, uh, greetings, Commander. So, you managed to catch me just as I'm trying to slide through this hole. <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Head of Station Entertainment's Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Greetings. Uh, Chief Bar Steward, Mr. Grant Psycho-Cow Wolcott. Hello! <laughs> and if he's managed to put his kids to bed, we should have Head of Station Archives, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, sir. Uh, if you wish, you can join us live. We're actually hanging outside of Lave Station. Only we're not hanging outside Lave Station, are we, Grant? No, no, we're quite considerably very far away from Lave Station. And, yes, um... On the potential one visit a certain system called So This because they are having a community goal all about. That's right, you are going to go and take part in this community goal as part of the So This. I always find that system name difficult to kind of say. I don't know why. So This Gold. Um, so it's So This Crystalline Gold. It's a, a nice community goal, which we are happy to report after much difficulty in making any leeway whatsoever. They were struggling to get to that first tier. It crossed it earlier on today, so the Crystalline Gold will be created and put into the game, which is fantastic. It is all the way out in the SOTHIS system at a station called New Home Station and we are currently filling up with some gold at Fontana Dock in LHS 6031. Now do not panic because LHS 6031 and the station Fontana Dock is a blimmin' half, uh, so well, it's about, uh, oh, I don't know, one tenth of the run to yeah. Hutton Orbital. It was a nightmare. It's 196 light seconds, isn't it? A thousand light seconds from the star. It's not near. It's not near, and I think, you know, it was a great place to get cheap gold. However, on our route, so actually anyone who is listening and in the route, we want to set a course for Compton Dock in the system. <laughs> it's um, the Ninky Nonk system. Nicky Bonk. I don't know if it is. Yeah, so basically if you search for Compton, you will find it, and it starts Aon, A-O-N, and then degenerates after that so if you can find compton dock in the aeon blah 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 blah, blah uh, system then that's where we're heading out to next after we leave fontana dock which is in the lhs 6031 system 
So, if you're tuning in and you've not got to Fontana Dock, the difficulty with this particular goal is that we have different ships to different jump ranges, so you need to wing up with some friends, wing up with whoever you can that have got a similar jump range, and then just make your way out to Compton Dock, where we will meet up, and anyone who hasn't managed to get gold yet can buy gold there at a decent price. If you've got a hold full of Imperial Slaves, that's fantastic. If you've got some gin from Hutton Orbital left over in your hold, we are going the distance and it will make enough profit there to pay for your trip. It's a fairly straightforward trip. The pirates, the AI pirates are a little bit hostile, uh, a little bit nearer. There's an anarchy system I think we'll be passing through, which is a bit of fun. So there may be some trouble, so do wing up. Hopefully you've got some guns, you've got a full hold of gold. If not, we'll meet up at Compton and you can fill up there. Um, it is just a case of guys making your way out there. Add Psycho Cow to your friends list, send message to me, let me know who you're winged up with so we can give you a shout out on air as we go through the rest of the show notes because blue. Oh, and like I said, I have to give a quick shout out to Commander Noscar who's just winged up with me. Fantastic. I'm currently winged Somebody up. Somebody had to do it. Um, I'm trying to currently wing up to uh, Commander Sergeant Barnes who's uh, currently hanging outside the uh, tuna system. Um, but for some reason. <laughs> Uh, the communications in game doesn't seem to be working particularly well this evening. Netcode's not playing ball. Uh, as I was a part of a wing with uh, with Jarvis, and I've now just got a message saying that I'm now leaving his wing. Oh, so no. it's it's not exactly playing ball with everybody tonight, unfortunately. Well, you know, we've we've tested the. Um Oh, Craigie, you know, the Twitch screen currently showing the, the sort of welcome menu. Sorry, guys, let me just fire up the, the right one there. There we go. Now we're in game. I've actually got a pretty full instance. Um, I've got Commander Javert. Uh, th- th- I don't know how to say his name. It's like T H O 3 B G T. Twerchik Jones, Commander Bexer. Um, really has got quite a full. There's an Anaconda here. Who's that? That's Commander Javert. Javert, last we see each other playing Commander Optiplex. That never gets old. Um, we have White Mind Wipers here, uh, Cray Bexers here, uh, Helms Deeps here, Rascons here. It's quite a full instance, and where it looks like a lot of us have all winged up, which is great. So we are ready to kick it off, Ozzy, if you want to um, give the sort of off instructions yeah absolutely so, well unfortunately it's just me and sergeant barnes here we're uh, a little bit lonely in our instance but uh, hopefully as we jump from system to system we might all suddenly uh, find out they're actually in the same instance all of a sudden which would be great so um i think we're all heading towards compton so if everybody wants to make their best speed to compton starting from now what we'll do is we'll entertain you for the next two hours with a little bit of dev news because there has been a little bit of news this week hasn't there guys it's been quiet for me <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay, so uh, let's start our May way. And in the meantime, what we'll do, whilst we all get ourselves sorted, because I know Grant loves it when we do this, we'll go to a quick advert and then we'll come back straight to the dev news. Okay, no worries. I'm on it. Have you been missold PPI? Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell & McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python Protection Insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. 
Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missed sole PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Carolyn McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. Live radio. It's even louder than me. Wait a minute. I can't be right. <laughs> okay, so we're back. And for some of you, we never actually went away because we can't figure out how to work our soundboard. Um, before we get going on the dev news this week, let's find out what the crew's actually been up to in and out of games, starting with you. Ben, what have you been up to? I've been at this little thing called DGX, which I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, apart from that, I've been playing another little game called... Oh, Grant, help me out here. What's it called? What's it, um, Pulsar! Yeah, it's called Pulsar, which is awesome fun. And then I've been twisting my ankle. Ooh. Oh, nice. Mm. You twisted your ankle playing Pulsar? No, I twisted my ankle walking down the stairs tra- trying to get ready to go to work this morning. Okay, that's quite special. <laughs> it really was. I wasn't even running at the time. <laughs> just, like, okay, walking so... down the stairs and bang. I'll tell you what, you and Grant can buddy up on this then. Tell us a little about Pulsar, because I know you guys have been waxing lyrical about it for the last couple of days. Well, I hated it. I backed it on Kickstarter. Out came the alpha. I had to go at it and hated it. Absolutely hated it. I distinctly remember that when we first uh, kind of fired it up, you had all these AI sort of crew members that just ran around in circles and didn't stop but I thought this game is an absolute steaming pile of crap what have I wasted my Kickstarter backing on and um, yeah I was thoroughly disappointed and and it was just uh, I think it was Saturday night there someone was talking about has anyone seen this game full sir so I gave him that absolute you know ear bashing and said oh yeah it's awesome look tell you what I'll meet you in there and you can have a look at it and we went and had a, a, a go <laughs> we've not stopped playing it <laughs> okay so back up a bit what exactly what type of game is it and what are the graphics like and yeah what's the objective of the game right well first of all I mean it's an independent um, development it's uh, two I think it's a team of three one who specialises in the graphics they're using the oh crikey unity coding and stuff like that so kind of standard stuff there the graphics are quite basic I would say almost almost pixel artish but a bit better than that but you know you're not getting anything that's high end triple A rated graphics it's quite pretty um, but that said the space generation and the colours and things around planets and stuff in the game are pretty and the whole thing about it is is a starship multiplayer crew cooperative controls you know you've got your engineering you've got your captain very much like the Artemis concept but with your own little avatar so you have to run from your station run down to engineering you know put out a fire flick the switches off reboot the entire ship get it back up and running and then you've got uh, weapons guys running from gun t- controls to the next gun control to the next gun control all while with the captain screaming going somebody get us out of here as you're getting blasted by a security drone um the reason why it's so much fun is the fact that it is cooperative play and it is great fun to play with people and there's so many mistakes and carries on you can have with it. We jumped too soon while our captain was fitting shields only to leave the shields in the docking hold and he couldn't <laughs> fit them as we shot off a little bit too soon. I flew away in the ship and left my entire team on the planet's surface. That was a laugh as well as they were all standing on the teleport going, why can't we come back up to the ship? Uh, so it's just full of carrying on like that, which is great. 
So it's more Galaxy Quest than Star Trek, really? It is about silliness in all aspects of it, but we've managed to think we've lined up about maybe 10 or 12 people now that have um, sort of bought the game and, you know, taken part in some of these games and had an absolute carry-on and a great laugh. It's very Galaxy Quest, Ryan. Commander Vangdaya is on the helm. <laughs> that would be a wonderful Dave Pearson from the uh, Hutton Orbital Group. Um, I take it he's, uh, he's a commander to behold, is he? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we um, managed to get a jump drive, uh, which you find in place different some systems as we jump systems. As I say, it's a very basic game, so you tend to find that each system has one thing in it. So it's either an enemy, a planet, or a sort of jump uh, gate. And when you get the jump gate, you kind of... It's dead simple from that point onwards. You know, you basically you activate it, tell it where you want to go, activate it, and then you fly your ship through it. That was the bit we had great difficulty with. We bounced off each side. He could get it side on constantly as he got to grips with the controls. And he'll tell you this whole big sad sob story about the fact that his joystick wasn't calibrated. But frankly, he di- you know he displayed the most amazing degree of skills of not lining up with it. It was really impressive. <laughs> Okay, well, so what should people be doing? Should they uh, be going to uh, Steam? Is it still on Kickstarter? How can people get hold of this thing? It is still available on Steam. I think it's around about um, £19.99. It's quite expensive for a a wee independent one, but you are supporting um, a sort of great project so to speak because it's a great idea and I think you know originally at at first I just felt it was so far away from ever being realised that I just kind of thought this is a game to strike off the mark but they've been doing weekly development logs um, and updates they've got their own forum set up it's been really quite an active it just shows you though that you can have if you've got great communication with the rest of your your backers and stuff the your development process is nice and transparent like that it does keep people involved for the long haul so they've all seen this stuff coming in before we did obviously I, I'd given up on it and turned my blind eye to it until now and I've been in touch with them and I've actually said to them that you know look, I'm really sorry I'd written this off as blah 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 and I'm really happy to report that we're having an absolute whale of a time with this game it just needs a bit more fleshing out but it's definitely well worth getting involved in and if you are happen to be on the Lave Radio Team Speak channel we tend to have enough people to run two starships at a time so you're more than welcome to try and come and catch up with a couple of us and uh, yeah engineering is the most difficult station because you've got the what's power. the uh, I was going to say what do they have to do in engineering you have to balance the power with the heat and that's not necessarily easy so when you're using your thrusters you're generating heat when you're doing a jump you're generating heat when you're firing your lasers you're generating heat and then you've got that whole eternal thing do you need to outrun somebody so you need to take the weapon power out of weapons and power out your shields and start dumping it in towards the you know your shields or your engines to get away you've just got to try and balance that all and it is a finite slider bars you've got to use to try and get it right and there's always somebody in weaponing in weapon shouting I need more power to the laser it's taking ages to charge up <laughs> and it is you know it's definitely worth a go as I say don't do not judge it on its graphics its benefits and its strengths or the hilarity of gameplay 
Absolutely. Okay, sounds cool. Um, Jarvis, I think you'll probably be back now. What have you been up to? I am back. Uh, yeah, I've been, um, I suppose, last couple of weeks, because I wasn't... Well, I was on the show last week, but I wasn't officially on the show <laughs> last week. Um, I know how that feels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I've been working on uh, a, a sort of video intro for the Chaos Reborn audio drama Kickstarter. Um, and we've got a go-live date for when the Chaos Reborn audio Kickstarter is going to go live. Um, it is. <laughs> because <laughs> it's not my date to give um, basically Chaos Reborn is approaching its official version 1.0 launch day uh, and our Kickstarter will be, will be launching on the, on the day of the launch day of the game so you know when that happens will happen basically um, and I've also been in I guess a certain amount of negotiation with trying to open up discussions again with Frontier uh, about Escape Velocity um, and all I'll say at the moment is there's possibly some movement on it um, <laughs> it's not you know it's not it's not ideal or, or particularly very clear or transparent um, but there is possibly a way that we could get the series made and raise money to, to actually make it so um, there, there may or may not be an announcement regarding Escape Velocity at some point is there anything that the uh, the guys out there the fans of escape velocity can do to uh, sort of help the situation is it worth petitioning them to uh, to send a quick email off to uh, frontier developments you know i don't know really um the the difficult thing with it is it's been for those who haven't been following it it's been 10 months since i first about the the possibility of having a, an official license for Escape Velocity, and, I, and I've, I've said previously, you know, I've yet I'd, I'd previously kind of respond either a yes or a no. Um, I had another stab, uh, you know, a week or so ago, um, to try and sort of unplug it and, and get some sense out of it. Um, and what, you know, essentially, I've been given some ideas about what I what I can do without even waiting for an agreement from Frontier. I think there's obviously there's obviously some quarters that are also aware that there may be Frontier aren't being very quick with their answers. So they've given me a solution which is this is what you can do without us <laughs> kind of working with you. Which is kind of, you know, great. But it is it is helpful because it does it does give us some options. Um, and then there was this thing over you know, th- there was this thing of this is what you can do if it's not a commercial project. If it is a commercial project, you'll need a license. Let me know if you want that. And it's it's a little bit like, well, oh, that you know, a commercial license was what I asked for ten months ago. Um, you know, and if, if it's you know, in some respects, if it's going to take a, a similar period of time again, we're almost better off going ahead and pressing forward with with the answer. Other that we've options, got. yeah. Um, but at the same time. You know, it's about... Admittedly, it's about how much love we want to show the Escape Velocity series, because if I have to... I've said previously that, you know, without wanting to spoil it for everybody, if it's a real pain to kind of raise funds and continue to do the series, then what I'll probably end up doing is another five-episode run that ties up all the plot threads and kills the entire cast. (laughs) And then we'll just put it to bed and say, it's done, it's never happening again. Whereas, actually, if we can find a sustainable way to make Escape Velocity, it can return to being what I originally wanted it to be, which is a a kind of ongoing elite dangerous fiction. Um, And one of the things that we might have to let go of for that, you know, Escape Velocity might never be official, you know, in terms of elite dangerous canon. But from my point of view, I just want to get a thing made. And I, you know, I don't really care if we appear in Galnet feeds, you know, or whatever. It doesn't, in some respects, it doesn't bother me. 
Uh, I've actually got some requests for you in the Twitch chat. Um, Brilliant. Goose4291 is saying, Sod Escape Velocity, he wants more Animal Crossing Noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have a, a suggestion from Alien Pickle that he would love to hear a Kerbal crossover into the Elite Universe. <laughs> <laughs> that is we, awesome. we do like our fan fiction crossovers, don't we? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's funny the Animal Crossing thing because we were talking the other week about whether or not to kind of resurrect the Animal Crossing thing, and it's just it's one of those things where you know it was a huge. Animal Crossing New Leaf was a huge game for me and a whole community of online people like two years ago. And it's sort of like, it maybe misses the point now. I don't think now would be the right time to bring that back. Um, But in terms of, you know, if there's things out there that people can do, one of the things that we are looking at doing is using maybe Patreon um, to support donations, which will support ongoing development of Escape Velocity. Um, So, I mean, if that's something that people you know would be able to do then obviously i'd <laughs> you can write to me and say yes i'd happily support you on patreon um and it would give me some idea of whether or not that's a line that's worth um worth pursuing um and again the alternative is is something like kickstarter and it does sound from from the discussions i've had with with people at frontier that the kickstarter might be a way of doing it but again because it's a kind of all or nothing funding model um for me that would be a way of ending the series not a way of continuing it um which isn't really you know i don't really want to shut it down i like you know i like the story i like the setting i like the characters um and it'd be nice to make it a series that can go on as long as people are enjoying it and listening to it um so yeah it's difficult to know really at this very moment in time as i sit here it's hard to know quite how to take it forward but it, it's looking more positive than it was two weeks ago when when i wasn't even considering it so there we are excellent stuff okay well colin from one new project to another new project how's your project going my project um well, at the moment i've got um a whole load of plastic tiny models in front of me and i'm getting my hands absolutely covered in paint more paint on me than the blasted models <laughs> so, so yeah this this is the um, miniatures game that I've been working on uh, and yeah the models have, uh, have arrived we've got um, four four tiny tiny sidewinders we've got seven cobras and three eagles which have all been uh, 3D printed and uh, I am now as- painting them and assembling on them on stands ready for the the actual game itself and I am just discovering why I hated painting Warhammer models when I was a Oh, you're so, so wrong. Just send them, put them in the post, send them through to me with all your paints. I used to love doing the Warhammer <laughs> stuff. Jarvis, you're, you're good at painting uh, miniatures, aren't you? You do all the, uh, the Doctor Who oh, stuff. No, I'm terrible at painting miniatures, but I am keen. Um, you know, I, do, I, I do dedicate a certain amount of time to painting miniatures, but yeah, no, I, I do suck at it. Um... <laughs> Well, one of, one of the guys in the podcast was good. What about Alan? I think Alan used to do it quite uh, quite religiously, didn't he? Again, Alan does a lot. I mean, I've always been very impressed by Alan's miniatures collection, but I think if he was here, he would say he doesn't consider himself particularly... I don't actually know anyone that considers himself a good miniatures painter. Um, I know that I go to my local miniature shop and I'm wowed by the, the stuff that they've got there. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, God, don't send them to me. Not, not unless you want them all painted one colour and then just inking and washing. <laughs> I like drinking miniatures. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've got the right idea at all there, mate. Yeah. At, the rate cool. I'm going, at the rate I'm going, mate, I'll be drinking miniatures at the end of this. 
<laughs> Excellent. I'm um, I'm on a bit of a sticky wicket actually here, guys. Whilst we're talking, because uh, every system that I'm jumping into now is either a white dwarf star or a red dwarf star. Anyway, a, a star that you can't fuel scoop from. What? Um, I've had nothing. Well, but lovely big yellow beauties. Well, I'm running out of fuel, so uh, very soon it could be a question of the fuel rats going to come and have to uh, to rescue me, which would be quite embarrassing on a live show. But hey ho, that's that's kind of what they're here for. Um, <laughs> but anyway, what we should do is we should probably crash on because uh, we've got two hours to fill, and uh, for once we have plenty of development news to fill it in. So let's start off with um, let's have a look the the live stream the live stream done by Ed Lewis and Sandy Samarco. Now, Ben, I believe you were the one that was sitting in on this, were you? I was indeed sitting in on this. Um, it was a good fun thing. Like, you know, Sandy's always good for a good for a laugh, um, and and he has an excellent shirt and he has an excellent hat. Um, but he he's always just so enthusiastic. It's it's a joy hearing him talking. And what exactly was he talking about? And where was he talking? Uh, they were talking on the Frontier Development Twitch chat uh, last Tuesday, must be probably last Wednesday, I think it was. Um, and he actually answered one of my questions for a change, which was, <laughs> when will, will when will Elite, da- Elite Dangerous actually make da- dangerous systems really dangerous? For example, wow, you, I want... you got that one out nice and clearly, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I wrote it down better in the, in the notes, and I wrote it down better to him. Um, yeah, for so example, I want to see a read quat. Okay, so when are these anarchy, these sort of these dangerous systems, actually going to have a, a sense of danger about them? Is that your question? Exactly. Um, and what was the answer? We want to make high high sec systems safer, make low security systems more dangerous, but it's all ongoing. Right. Okay. So now, before we before we plow on this, this is a question that I think will probably make a quite a decent main topic discussion, but. Off the top of your head, guys, what do you think is the way that they should actually do this about making systems more dangerous or making the safe sex systems um, you know, safer places to be or with you know, more harsher consequences or faster consequences for those people that want to pirate or you know, take on uh, care bears or noobs or, or people that just don't want to get into a fight? You know, have you guys been mulling over how uh, frontier developments could possibly do this? They need to get their high-level AI, that's the AI that's flying around in supercruise, to be, when they're in anarchy and they're pirates trying to get you or just murdering scum trying to kill you, they need to be super-mega-aggressive and okay. really go for it. You know, I mean, I, you know, when we, back in the day, in we used to fly off to uh, pirate systems and it was a real challenge getting to that station and there's a real sense of accomplishment now it's just a walk in the park so they need to get the high level AI to actually do their thing and interdict us and make us feel scared yeah they need to make the pilots appropriate to the ranking so if an elite pilot comes after you you are going to be scared and so that's the first thing that they need to do and in anarchy systems which are maybe a little bit closer in or a little bit more patrolled, you still want the risk of the interdictions, but the police need to be on the ball. None of this two minutes waiting for them to show up. In two minutes' time, you're going to be dead. Yeah. 
um, you know, if you get interdicted by uh, murdering evil so-and-so, the police need to basically be... F- they need to be on his tail the second he jumps out of hyperspace to get you. Okay, so almost like uh, like an instant... Uh, instant um <laughs> like I'm popping up at like magic that they just suddenly appear as soon as you get attacked. I'd give it a couple. I'd give it a couple of seconds, but not. You know, two minutes is it's just too long. You can be you can be so dead by then. <laughs> you know, the thing is, sorry. No, I was going to say the thing is, wing beacons are that if you're in a wing with someone and you drop out of supercruise, mm-hmm. they drop out with you regardless of where they are in the sector. So you see police. Like in the lave system, all the police show up as green for me because I'm a, you know, because yeah. I'm a light. Um, and you see them, you see police flying around in supercruise. So I don't think it's beyond the mechanics of the game to say that if you're a friend to the police in a system and someone becomes an enemy status with you, the police should just be able to drop out of supercruise on your position. Okay, I mean, what about adding an extra an extra element of game in this? You know, in Frontier, where there was the uh, send broadcast on all channels, you know, help, I'm under attack sort of thing. Why not bring that into the game as a sort of emergency beacon that you can drop? Um, and that basically does exactly what it says. It allows the, the police who are friendly with you to uh, to basically appear straight away. But it's something physical that the player has to actually um, bring in and then maybe limit it to how many of those you can actually carry. So, you know, it might be your get-out-of-jail-free card, but you can only use it sort of on once every trip. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what would make what would make it work for me is when we've mentioned previously the whole Batmobile armour thing, I'd like to be able to have something on my ship which, uh, if you're attacked by pirates, just makes you go armadillo on them. Basically, <laughs> your, ship just, your ship just shuts down and is surrounded by, like, an impenetrable shell, and it takes, like, an opponent two or three minutes to blast through and it, you're kind of like saying to them it's going to take you three minutes to blast through my my armor um help is going to be here in two minutes it's your call you can piss yeah. off and hang around and die well uh, but actually i mean you know not to kind of make it overpowered but to say that your ship completely shuts down while you're huddled up into this kind of defensive mode but it just makes you an impermeable kind of rock floating in space that would work for me i think that would um, be an interesting balance of risk and reward because there's always the chance you know you wouldn't be able to do that in a system where help wasn't coming. True, it's the important thing. It's not like a but it's I mean, not like an immediate win every situation thing. It's a I'm in a system I should be safe in. Here's another way of keeping me alive until help comes. Because yeah, I agree with I agree with what's being said at the moment. I could be in the friendliest system in the world. Um, I could be in Sol you know, f- um, four light seconds from Earth. And if someone, if a pirate chooses to interdict me and start shooting at me, they're going to have destroyed me before help is anywhere vaguely nearby. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else got anything to add to that? Well, I would, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, much like we've got the likes of Code, who are a player group of uh, pirates, it would be really interesting to have uh, other groups of NPC pirates that are active in bigger areas rather than just like you know the subsection. So you know, fine, well, oh crap, that's a member of the Blood Brotherhood, and they are going to hunt me down, and they travel in packs, and we'd be you know, and have their their commanders known to everybody through Galnet and stuff, so that you and you're flying around, you got a sense of. Oh crap! 
they're here and make them souped up make them attack you make them you know give you a hard time and if you drop your cargo they'll you know they act like normal pirates they'll scoop it and let you go but if you open fire they can toast you you know you got to make them a little bit stronger uh, I think because uh, when you fly through these areas you're always aware of the fact that well just drop out take out the NPC and on you go and I know that some people find the NPC battles tricky and challenging and that's you know everyone there's different levels of ability in the game but you can find it a little bit too simplistic so therefore you don't have the fear factor so the easiest way to deal with that is to create bigger NPC wings because if you get pulled out into and I've had a battle with eight sidewinders once and it was hard going it was really you know you had a genuine sense of your heart in your mouth and that would be awesome and as, as Ben has said as well I totally agree with that about the police force being a little bit more proactive and I love the idea of a counter saying help will be here and, or no in fact maybe you should be able to call the police you should be able to send out a call yeah, so that's I, think, basically I think that's a good way to go. Yeah, I think there's a fine line, though. I think it would be really interesting if, like, you know, because the question was talking about making a system more dangerous. Um, and I'm all, because I think of things in terms of narrative terms, I'm all in favour of saying, uh, you make a journey, you go to this system, and on the way flying to X station, you get attacked by pirates. But that's kind of attacked by pirates once. What I wouldn't like to see in terms of making systems more more credible pirates is a is a return to the old system from both Elite and Frontier Elite Two, where you could be, you know, you could be um, attacked by four or five different groups of NPCs, and it just made flying everywhere an absolute faff. Because even if you got stopped by one group of pirates and killed them, you'd start flying again, and it's like, oh, I've been stopped again. And it becomes less about fun encounters and more about how many times am I going to be stopped by the game before I can get to where I want to go. Um, And it just interrupts the rhythm of gameplay. How about, I mean, this is just, you know, as I was saying, pirates, pirate gangs that control a number of systems or fly and are active in a number of systems. How terrifying would it be and exciting if you were hunted for the rest of your journey by a pirate gang you know if there if you notice every time you arrive in a new system that uh, four contacts come back in behind you and you can see them getting their hard points deployed or they're sending you text messages going we're gonna get you and you're like oh no <laughs> that could add that that real sense of danger you know if a pirate that you have a fricker say for example you're brought out you don't drop your cargo and you jump out to then be ruthlessly hunted down by that NPC would be awesome it's almost like that uh, what was Steven Spielberg's first film it's uh, was it Duel where a guy's uh, driving, yeah, with the truck just following him, you've got that sense that, you know, you're on a long journey and, you know, there's always this sort of uh, malicious presence following you and behind you and stuff. I think that could possibly work. I think, although I might be completely wrong, the, the book of Jewel is very good and I think it's written by the guy that wrote the original novel um, I Am Legend. Really? Off the top of my head. Uh, Matheson, isn't it? Uh, not sure. For some reason, I thought it was a Stephen King book. But I could be completely wrong. No, I think. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richard Matheson. Richard wrote, Matheson. Um, Richard wrote Jewel, yeah. And, um, I'm sure that's the same guy that wrote uh, I Am Legend. The original, I'm not talking about the 
Will Smith yeah, film. Will Smith shit fest. I'm talking about Which the, the original is awful. book. Um, One of the few films I've actually walked out of the cinema on. Really? Mm. It's harsh. Well, not really, because I took it. I took uh, the missus to see it, and I must admit, I hadn't done my due diligence. I hadn't done my research. I said, "This is a film all about one guy who is the last guy on earth, um, and it's all about how he, um, you know, how he and his dog, you know, cope with that loneliness." As I said, I hadn't done my research, so uh, we sat in there, and everything was fine. <laughs> and there's obviously this isolation story going on, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, these vampires appear, and Mel just turned around in her seat and looked at me, and I just thought. Oh crap! Because <laughs> you wouldn't have gone to see a vampire movie or a zombie movie or whatever it, hell it turned out to be. So we we ended up lasting probably about another twenty minutes before I uh, I just tapped her and said, um, "Should we go?" And she said, "Yeah." So uh, we walked out of that one, <laughs> and hopefully into the pub. Yes, into the pub where I apologised profusely. I'm not sure. If she, even to this day, I'm not sure she believes me that I said I honestly thought it was one film and I didn't realise there were zombies or aliens or vampires in it. Um, yeah, she probably doesn't, in all fairness. Anyway, let's move on. That's the first question out of the way. Um, <laughs> Can I just make a, a quick shout-out to everybody who's on the convoy? Please make sure you've got a fuel scoop. We are going quite some distance. Yeah. yeah. I, I still can't figure out where, where, where am I going? Compton. I found Sothis. Yeah, well, there's like Compton six, Dock. There's six search results for Compton. Yeah. Look for Compton Dock in the Ninkinong system. Is it actually A-on, the Ninkinog system? No, it's not. A-O-N. It, so A-on and then... A-on, A-K, A-K or something. N-I-K or something, yeah. Oh, uh, OK, right. So, we've got yeah. a lot of commanders waiting in A-on, A-K, waiting for us, by the way. Excellent. Yeah, loads of guys. About there. Which is cool. Uh, oh, that's my next jump. So, uh, next uh, question. Should we, should we, will we okay. have to make... Will we have to make a choice between factions? And I'm assuming this is in terms of factions, in terms of um, either the Federation or the you know, the Empire or the Alliance. Is that what the question was aiming at? That's what I took the question to mean as well, yes. Okay, and what was the answer? Sandy can't possibly say. Excellent, so no answer. <laughs> Let's just skip the ones that have no answer. Um, or soon, or we can't soon. give you a time scale. Um, Mike right. Evans is the main ship guy. What was that all about? They were just basically talking about what people are doing, and I, I didn't know that Mike Evans was, was currently the main ship designer guy, and I just thought that was interesting. And he's So he's basically the person whose fault it is that we're getting all these good ships. All these good ships. So is it yes. also his fault that we're getting all these iterations of Mark IVs, Mark Vs, Mark Tens? Most Most likely, yes. All right, you see, I'm not overly I'm being, I'm, being pos- have, I'm being positive. Yeah, I'd rather have new ships than uh, sort of iterations. It's <laughs> kind of that, you know, he's, he's moved roles, but all he's done, he's gone from balancing weapons and tweaking weapons to balancing ships and tweaking ships. So instead of a brand new big sort of polished railgun, we're getting a polished Viper Mark IV or so on. So anyway, we'll watch this space. He's done a great job with the weapons. So I'm sure the new ships coming out from Mike Evans are going to be awesome as well. We gesture it. Fuzzer, just a quick message from a Commander Freedom, who is a fuel rat, and he is on the case, just in case you need him, he's on standby <laughs> yeah. for you. Now, fortunately, I've just managed to refuel at the the last remaining uh, yellow sun on my journey, I think, so uh, I'm good to go, and I'm only 6,000 light seconds away from Compton Dock, so I'm docking up and refueling, ready to go on to the next stage of the journey. Um, oh, speaking about weapons, weapons are getting an overhaul in um, Season 2. Now, What's this about weapons overhaul? 
because surely I would say we're just about there or thereabouts, aren't we, in terms of balancing these things? Well, we, we don't know any specifics, as per usual. But we do know that the crafting system is going to give us blue and green lasers, and they'll have different stats as well, apparently. Right. Um, but I thought the thing that really made me, like, sit up and take note was they were at least talking about the idea of a trace limpet. So, okay. So, in other words, I'm, I'm a bounty hunter. Yeah, well, it sounded like I'm a bounty hunter and I could basically attach a limpet to my target and follow him through hyperspace. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounded, that sounded interesting, I thought. So it's not like sort of um, in some games where you can basically paint your target and then you've got sort of like homing missiles or homing no. uh, smart guns that will lock onto it and shoot regards. That wasn't what I took it to be. They were certainly talking about in in terms of bounty hunting and things. Actually, yes. no, I think the uh, the initial one's actually much better because I think painting your targets when you've got a wing and stuff like that, I think would just be a little bit overkill. I don't think people would stand much of a chance with that. So, yeah, Colin, what do you think? Well, one of the things I do agree with is the fact that bounty hunting needs a little bit more more of a look at, mostly just because, um, uh, especially if you want to start bounty hunting other players, uh, you need some way to track them down. And if you yeah. could just fire off a limpet, then it's like the good old Batman tracer. You know, he always seems to be able to track people down by using a Batman tracer. So, you know, they, you need that way to, to catch up with your prey. Yeah, you said uh, Batman, and suddenly all I could think of was Batfink. Didn't he have that sonic radar thing where he would, uh, you know, tweet or something, and the radar noise would go and find the sonic <laughs> radar would go and find them? Or is it just me? It's everybody too no, too, no. too young to remember Batfink. Unfortunately, I am old enough to remember it, and you cannot harm me because my shield, my uh, wings are like a shield of steel. Indeed, but yes. there was a there was a sort of a tracer sonic radar thing that would. Yeah, yes, wander there around was. and find. Yeah, okay. Don't worry, so you're not you're not going mad. You're just just <laughs> as old as I am. <laughs> okay, um, Sandy wants to name ships. Well, this is about time. Uh, what exactly was said, Ben? Not a lot. No We're no just comments. talking about. Yeah, it's just something Sandy would like to name ships, but he can't say anything. <laughs> um, okay, so Sandy likes the idea. All right. Okay. Because mm. uh, obviously this is something that we've talked about quite a lot on the show. Because back in the old DDF days, we were about how naming ships and the actual ship itself accrued a certain amount of reputation points, um, which you know was persistent depending on uh, well, regardless of whether or not you sold it. Or I think it was only if it got blown up that uh, that it lost its reputation points. So it gave you some sort of incentive to really try and look after your ship and gave you a sense of uh, you know. A little bit of your ship was about to get blown up, and you're going to lose all those reputation points if it was, you know, called the Black Pearl or or whatever it's called. Um, so they're going to name the ship. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in season two. If that's something that they're actually going to uh, employ. Um, off the top of everybody's heads, <laughs> what would you name your ship that you're currently flying? Uh, starting with Jarvis, just to put you on the spot. The saucy Mrs. Trustpot. No, it, w- <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be, it would be escape velocity ultimately, wouldn't it? Okay. Or, or Escape Velocity 8, Mark or however many iterations <laughs> of the ship would need to have gone by to get us to the current timeline. <laughs> uh, Colin? Oh, Sanctimonious. Yeah, Sanctimonious? Really. Yep. Ben? Size isn't everything. Size isn't everything, right. And you'd be naming your Sidewinder that, yeah, I'm guessing? That would be my Anaconda. <laughs> uh, Grant? 
Um, uh, I surrender. <laughs> In every language, including Welsh. And I think for mine, I'd probably call it the technician, uh, just to be in canon. Um, cool. Okay, so what else have we got going down here? We've got uh, a brief look at power play cycles by Sandy. Now, um, I, I did go and have a look at this, and I have to be honest, I'm not really uh, a power play kind of guy. Uh, so I did look at it, and I thought, ooh, looks interesting. And then I went into it a little bit further and a little bit further, and it just all got a little bit sort of spreadsheety and a little bit Eve Online for my liking. Um, but looking at the comments on the forum, there was quite a few people that seemed to be interested in it, quite a few people that thought this was a good idea. Any of you guys into the power play? Any of you guys think this would be useful? I'm only going to get into power play when I've got ships that I think that, that can deal with the, the, the hassle and the resources that will I'll need when I get blown out of the water or out of space by the other uh, other factions. It's, I think it's part of the, the end game. You really have to have a decent enough uh, credit store behind you in order to play it. So I'm, I'm staying well clear of power play until, until I've uh, got a bit more funds, I think. Right. Yeah. I'm the same, although I have to admit, I was talking to somebody the other day and he was saying... He's now ba- he's making over fifty million a week because of power play. Really? Um, That's you know, he got himself. He got himself basically. He did all the work to get himself ranked up big time in his power. And now that he's ranked up, he's only just doing the minimum to make sure he stays at that level. And that's making him over fifty million a week for not doing a heck of a lot of work just to stay at the rank. Yeah. All of a, all of a sudden, hmm. I, I've got my. <laughs> <laughs> Not living up to stereotypes at all. <laughs> uh, okay, so for those people that are in the convoy, uh, I'm at Compton Dock, just looking at uh, Sothis, and it's still 397 light years away. So yeah. this could take us some time. Um, I'm just heading into I I only kink Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oni kink. Ninky nonk. Ninky nonk. And I'm just coming in there now in my next jump, so we'll be there in a couple of seconds. And then I think, yeah, everyone should just head off and get on the way to out to sow this and just keep going, keep going, keep going. And going. And going. Yeah. And don't stop. I, I, yeah, I'm sort of trying to weigh my way to Compton. <laughs> I was having a few problems. So far behind. It looks like we've met up with a number of commanders uh, who are hanging around the star. So if you are at Compton Dock and you need gold, up you go and dock up. If you need to refuel, then it's a good place to go and get a refuel. If you've got some repairs to do, uh, then I think this is possibly it. Remember what this community goal is all about. It's all about... That is far, far too much Spandai Ballet I ever want to hear again. <laughs> well, we seem to have lost Fozza for a second. And, and I'm back. Hey! <laughs> Welcome back. I actually used to live just down the road from him. Fozza. <laughs> no. no um, Probably one of the Kemps, right? Yeah, and no, the guy who sang gold, um, his name I can't remember. That would be one of the Kemps. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I just kept bumping into him in Tesco's. Really? Well, it was actually, I think it was Budgeons or something like that. I can't remember what the name of the supermarket was. Okay. 
Let's move on. Um, before I got cut off, I was talking about the the picture that we have also seen recently about the federal. Is it the federal dropship and the federal uh, Corvette? Uh, first time we've seen those. Not the federal dropship per se, but obviously the new federal dropship, the Mark Eleven, or whatever it is. The, oh. the, what picture are you on about? Silence. Well, to tell you the truth, it's not exactly a great picture. It seems to have disappeared against the background of the clipper. Either that, or I need new glasses. Oh, so that's uh, definitely a clipper. Then it's not the new Imperial. Uh, they're not the. the oh, no, it's no. an Imperial. No, ship. that's, that's just a photo ship. that Ed took. Ah, okay, fine. Um, that's what we love in the show notes. A little bit of um, explanation, Ben. Thank you. So, let's move on to the next picture, which is the new pictures about Horizons. Uh, or Tatooine, if it had an extra few suns and moons floating around there. Um, what do people think of these? Do you think they're, um, you know, do they think they're taking them in the right direction? Are these going to be exciting places to go uh, dune buggying around? Well, I mean, all the photos that are coming up now, that we're looking at now, were announced at the EGX thing. So, uh, yeah, if, I mean, that, if that is rendered in-game, I, I think that is, I, I want to go dune buggying across that, if you don't mind. <laughs> it's a good place to do donuts. It does look impressive. Now, the question is, um, when you're getting to these sort of new landscapes and stuff, has there has been anything mentioned about whether or not we need to have um, better PC specs than what we need for flying around in space in order to be able to drive around on planets? Well, there was a hint, wasn't there? I spotted it in uh, Ed's interview with Michael Brooks because there, there was a question that was about whether they were going to support graphical settings for people with massively higher-end PCs, uh, and Michael's response was, you know, obviously as we're adding functionality to the game, we'll be looking what ad- what additional re- hardware is required for that, and seeing how we can support that. So I think, I mean, I suppose it's reasonable, you know, it's reasonable to suggest that if they've got a ten-year plan for this game, in ten years, the version of Elite that's going to be released isn't going to run on the PC you've got now. Well, I think people might need to prepare themselves for a slight performance hike, maybe with Horizons and onwards. Right. I mean, to be honest, what we need then is we need, uh, you know, like Steam do, we need some sort of, uh, you know, we need stickers that we can go around and stick on things. This is Elite Dangerous compatible. <laughs> so that when we know what we, uh, when we send our missus out and stuff to, uh, to buy us Christmas presents, we know that uh, this machine <laughs> will run <laughs> Elite Dangerous. Is she going to put it in your doghouse, Foz? Is that where <laughs> yeah, she's going to put it? That's exactly where she's going to put it. But it's a valid thing to consider, and it's, a, and it's another thing to consider as well if people, you know, because obviously people are talking about the lifetime expansion pass. Mm-hmm. It's something to bear in mind that you will sort of need to keep up with it a bit. Having said that, I think Frontier have been pretty reasonable at making Yelly Dangerous run well on sort of fairly modest systems. I mean, it's not... I've not noticed it being particularly a huge performance hog um, in the way that some other games perhaps are. No, I'd agree with that. I think it's worked on uh, on quite a few of the systems that I've thrown at it. Um, I mean, my system's now, what, three, four years old? And I'm getting, you know, 60 frames per second on it. Okay, granted, not on the stupidly high-res monitor, but, um, you know, on a standard um, HD monitor. Yeah, I've had no issues with it whatsoever. Now, Grant, you're running at a slightly higher spec than me. What's your monitor running at? 
I wouldn't know. Give me a second. Let's go and have, let's go and have a look and see what, what the graphic setting is. It's not, not your usual kind of... Yeah, I'm at 2,715 by 1,527. Right. And I don't know why I picked that at all. Um, it just defaulted to that, and it's been... It's, been, it's, it's beautiful, I have to say. Um... You know, I do have a decent graphics card. I've got the GeoForce 970. Um, I've got a decent amount, a ridiculous amount of RAM. I, de- I was going to say decent, but it's a ridiculous amount of RAM. Stupid 32 gig. Who needs that? Nobody does. And, um, you know, the, the system runs pretty well. I'm quite happy with the nice wee i7 processor. And it's, yeah, it doesn't struggle at all. But I certainly noticed that some of the builds, when they come out, if they're just a little bit not quite or they're quite a little bit buggy, then even my machine can give you twerks and you know stutters and little bits that make you think, what's the game doing that it needs to take all this up? Um, but, you know, for now, well, at the moment I'm streaming, we're hosting the radio station, we're, and I'm playing the game all on the same machine, and it's smooth as silk. Excellent. Okay, so yeah, hopefully in three years' time I'll be able to afford a machine like yours, and then obviously it'll be out of date. I can, you can always cut my hand-me-downs. <laughs> hey, don't tempt me. Uh, right, more Season 2 news. Uh, the big news drop, I think, uh, for this particular show is that of multi-crew ships. Now, this isn't just having uh, the airplane blow up autopilots in the seat next to you, uh, or in fact an AI robot that can take command of things. Um, ben, tell us all about it. Well, we don't know a heck of a lot other than what they said about multi-cruise ships. So what we do know is I can basically jump into your ship and do something. That's the extent of what we actually know. Um, okay. It has been hinted at that maybe we could do jump in a turret, maybe we could do power management, maybe shield management, maybe, well, definitely jump in your fighter if you're carrying one, or jump in your scarab. Mm. It's pulsar. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, there were there were a few things that were sort of in, hinted at again, Ben, in your interview with with um, Sandy, uh, that that I think actually bring out some interesting points because you know this is a very different approach now to ship ownership because they were suggesting that if you were a commander and you had a fighter in your hold, that your co-op human player partner might be able to fly your ship. You know, your, your fighter kind of thing. And that's a very different approach to saying, well, I've got a, you know, I've got an anaconda and I've got a sidewinder in the hangar. I can drop into the sidewinder if I need to defend my ship. Mm. Um, to saying, I've got a human co-pilot. He can now take my, you know, he or she can now take my sidewinder out for a spin. That's, that's very different. That's a, that's, a, that's a drastic change to the way ships are managed. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting, and this is just a clue, I think, that was dropped about... T- an unintentional clue, I think, that was dropped to our timescale. Because obviously we know that Horizons is a, is a season of releases, as they're calling it. Um, on the basis that you asked a question about what happens to your ship while you go into another player's ship or into mm-hmm. a fighter, they didn't know the answer to that question. <laughs> it's not a feature you're going to be seeing when Horizons launches in November or December. I yeah, think yeah, you're probably, probably right fair. there as well. You know, if, if they don't know the answer to that now, it's not at the beginning of the releases. So we're probably looking at a, you know, like a 2.1, 2.2, 2.3 type release for um, co-op wingmen. Not wingmen, yes. co-op uh, pilots. 
Right, just a convoy uh, update. A... All right. Um, how are people doing in terms of getting to Ninkinonk? Because the commanders here are starting to get a bit impatient. <laughs> Actually, I've just left. I'm off. Oh. We'd all started to leave. No, we're waiting for you to oh. say right. We're leaving. You know, I'm still. I'm still six jumps from Ninkinonk. Okay. Well, for those people that are still left behind, haha, ha, um, I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> and Fozza wins friends all over the galaxy. <laughs> I was going to say, if there's any pirates waiting to uh, intercept the uh, convoy, Fozza is currently alone. I repeat, Fozza is on his own. With a big uh, target on him. <laughs> Sorry, right, guys, I've I didn't realise that I've we were just told the guys here to go. <laughs> yeah, excellent, perfect. <laughs> I'll see you there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a twat. Sorry about that. <laughs> Goose has a couple of torpedoes for you. Yeah, I bet. And now suddenly, you know what we were talking about, about the uh, the big uh, articulated lorry and jewel? I've got an entire community of people following my ass. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so uh, we don't think uh, that uh, multiple uh, crew members are going to be uh, you know, the first thing that comes out when it comes to Horizons, which is fine. Um, but, I mean, we did talk about the whole idea of having multiple crew uh, way back. I think it was, uh, I think Alan mentioned it in episode four of Lave Radio uh, when we first started about what things we'd actually want to see. You know, Blue Sky thinking what sort of things we'd want to see in the game. Uh, and yeah, multiple crews, you know, multiple human crews, uh, was one of the things that we suggested. And also carrying around ships um, in the cargo bay as well was something else that we suggested. So I mean, it's great to see that these sort of features are you know, are now coming into the game. Not suggesting for one second that uh, Frontier Developments listened to Lave Radio and therefore have implemented it because we said it was a good idea. But it's nice that we're all thinking on the same page. Um, so going on to the fighter bays and big ships. Have they given us any indication as to what these fighters might be? I mean, are we talking about the small fighters that we're currently seeing in the CQC, things like the Condor or in the Imperial fighters, or are we going to be able to jam a Sidewinder in an Anaconda's butt? I have reason to believe it's up to an Anaconda. Not up to an Anaconda, (laughs) up to a Sidewinder. Up to a Sidewinder. So we think the Sidewinder is the the cut-off limit in terms of... Something uh, like that, yeah. It's probably the yeah. CQC ships. It's probably a bit like the whole um, TIE fighter thing. You're, you're probably able to carry sh- smaller ships that don't have their own hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, ah, that, okay. that, that seems to be um, the assumption that everyone's had. I mean, the only official word that we've got in that is what's in the flavour text for the Anaconda, which says it can take uh, a landing bay for a Sidewinder. So that's the only official thing that we've got. Uh, but I would like to see, you know, the the uh, the Falcon. Uh, oh, sorry, in the Falcon, geez, the Condor <laughs> in there. And also, I'd like to see in the Imperial ships, you're only allowed to fit the Imperial Hunter. So that, in, you know, if you've got a, a clipper that you've only, or a cutter, you can only fit Imperial fighters in it. That that would be quite good to have that kind of restriction. No, that would be pants. Sorry. Well, I I quite like the idea. I think, you know... Lore-wise, it maybe makes sense, but apart from that... Well, no, that's the whole point, lore-wise, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but if I'm an an independent, you know, just because I'm I'm, I'm allowed to fly an Imperial ship doesn't mean I have to. No, if you're an independent, you won't be allowed to fly an Imperial ship. You've got to to have a certain rank in order to fly an Imperial ship. And tell, tell that to my Imperial Clipper that I am allowed to fly. I just don't fly it. 
Well, how did you get it? Because you're not supposed to have an imperial. I've got. I'm an imperial baron. Thank you very much. Well, then we've got an imperial rank, then, haven't you? Yeah, but I've, yeah. I'm also an ensign or whatever in the federation. Oh, I think he's a traitor here, isn't he? <laughs> no, I, I'm independent. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm a mercenary. I, I'll do. I go where the money is. Okay, well, that's fine. But when you're going with the money with your imperial clipper, you also therefore need to fit it with an imperial um, mini ship. I think that's yeah, I, uh, um, I, it's a it's a docking bay. You can <laughs> land whatever you want in a piece of docking bay. Mm, no, computer says no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. It's, 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 it'd be a bit like if you've got an Android phone and people all people around you only have iPhone chargers. You just you know, it'll be like there'll be some connector in the hangar that just doesn't work unless you've got an adapter. That would be quite funny, actually. <laughs> the thing I was thinking though is because I, I I sort of brought myself up on it when I mentioned it previously if you're flying an anaconda at what point are you going to want to jump into a sidewinder to defend it I'm not seeing the logic of that I see it with co-op if you've got a co-op co-pilot and you say jump into the sidewinder and provide me with additional support but I don't see the point I mean I I can see the point if you're in a type 9 of saying well I'm in a type 9 and I've got a viper in the cargo bay brilliant drop into the viper you know, defend your ship, whatever. But there really isn't much point coming out of an anaconda to come into a smaller combat craft. Okay, let's go into a bit of not-quite-theory-crafting. So we know, and we've been told, that when we're on planets and when we're driving around our scarabs, our ships do stuff. Yeah, we've been told that, yes? They have secret tea parties when we're not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they basically go off and hang around in orbit without us. Yeah, so that to me is implying that we have the ability for our ship to be able to do stuff whilst we're not in it. If it can do stuff while we're on a planet, why can't it do stuff whilst we're in a in our Viper or our Sidewinder? Meh. Yeah, but I, th- I thought I thought that the thing your ship was doing while it was in orbit over the planet was just kind of going dark and staying quiet. Yeah, yes, exactly let's say. Yeah, but why can't your ship be under control, control of under control of something? I thought that's and what they flying around. And I thought that's a, yeah. Sorry, Colin. Well, I thought that's what they said when you actually launch from your ship, that your ship is taken over by an AI or flies in an AI manner. So that if you are a a master rank, your ship will then fly it at a master level. So your anaconda will still still defend itself while you assist in in the defense in your own own smaller fighter. That's how I'm taking it as well. I mean, I... My personal theory is we're going to be able to have AI-controlled crew members... AI not not AI, I mean real NPC AI, NPC crew members. members. Yeah. And I think we're going which to you have to actually them. pay and recruit, yeah. which I think would be awesome. I think and that's what that's my theory, but and it was kind of alluded to in the interview I gave with Sandy and Mike, but not confirmed confirmed. Moving on then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, my wife just came in. <laughs> yeah, you, you in the doghouse? Just a bit. Um, right, moving on. Uh, what else have we got? We have got. Um, oh, 
the EVE Online character creation, bald people in space uh, pictures. Uh, player avatars are coming to Elite Dangerous. Now, I think personally this is a great thing. I think it just adds a, another layer of immersion. Uh, and I think, depending on what they're going to do with it, uh, I think it could really sort of open up the, um, the simulation. Uh, but before I go waxing lyrical about it... Um, um, yeah, I, uh, John, my, my biggest reaction is, shame Grant's not here, because my biggest reaction to it was Grant posted a joke picture showing the Frontier store with a series of wigs and beards available in the the tactical hair pack. (laughs) And um, as funny as it was, the thing that was most disturbing about it was just how many people were saying, oh, well, that's obviously a joke screenshot. Yes, clearly it's a joke screenshot. No one was suggesting even for a moment that it was a real screenshot. But anyway, um, yeah, I I mean, what? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them because wasn't there a? Was it? I'm not sure whether it was Eve or not. Where they had monocle gate. Oh, that was Eve. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, stupid people have done stupid things, like Microsoft trying to charge whatever it was twelve quid for horse armor in some um, samey fantasy role playing game or other. Um, but I think you know it's. Um, I. I I, 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 I kind of don't know what to say. If, if it's one of these weird non-news stories, I feel like they are probably going to have hair as an option on avatars, and the fact they didn't have it for that stage in the demo really wasn't the takeaway kind of thing. Um, uh, have I missed something here? Is the fact that he's bald actually a thing? Cause... No, it's the fact that they're all bald. If you didn't see the video, there was a montage showing all the different kind of pilot you could be. Black, white, Chinese, male, female, but they all had no hair. (laughs) I didn't see that. Even the ones that looked like 18-year-old girls had no hair. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like Natalie Portman from V for Vendetta or something like that. Right. To be be fair, some of the female ones actually had very, very faint sort of crew cut like ginger hair. But that was about the closest you got. Well, maybe it's something about the remlock. You know, you don't really want to be blasted out in space and your remlock comes up and it doesn't seal properly because it's got, you know, (laughs) it's got stacks of hair. I wanted a conspiracy about space lice that somehow there was. just a, this, this pandemic of uh, itchy scalps in the universe and the first thing you do first thing they do when you make doc is they drag you into a side room and shave all your hair off no i i've got an, a better theory hyperspace makes your hair fall out yeah it's like that yeah there was a what was it there was a, there was a sci-fi thing where when you either traveled in time or with a transporter or something that you um you lost your hair and outer dermal layer so you arrived covered in this white powder god what was that oh never mind really it's not gonna it's not gonna come back to me over the course of this show um uh check out the uh check out the chat room see if they can help you out because i'm afraid we're drawing blanks here <laughs> yeah but the worst thing about all this is that and that sounds vaguely familiar to me know, <laughs> i'm wondering if it was that time travel show seven days about the guy that could travel back seven days to kind of change disasters that had happened um but uh, so i'm just gonna ask you a question here i've just arrived in ninkinonk which station should i be heading to or does it not matter compton dock i don't see a compton dock maybe i'm in the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> the system name isn't actually ninkinonk no i know i know it's not i know it's not i mean i know nikink um oh, but there's good, oh good there's compton it's a long way yeah. down Okay, I just I figured I must be in the right place because there's a lot of player commanders suddenly on my radar. 
Um, yeah, Mindwipe says it was, in fact, uh, seven days, so you were right. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, no, I quite, yeah, I like that idea, that somehow hyperspace, lo- <laughs> you know, <laughs> loses you, uh, loses you your locks. But, no, I mean, I think it's an oversight. I think, you know, if there's anything to take away from it, they were criticised heavily in some quarters for the lack of, arguably the lack of racial diversity in the, um, the power play characters. And I think they've ably demonstrated with this latest release that they are, you know, considering a, a huge range of customization options for people. Um, and I think it's not just about choosing a, um, a you know, a, a, a white male or a white female, or even just a black male and black female. You know, the, one of the things they said was that there's, there's sliders for absolutely everything. Um, and I'm hoping that it's going to be something a bit like the the old um, Avatar customization stuff for the um, Lionhead game, the movies, which literally gave you the sliders on the 3D model so that you could do things like enlarge the jaw, rotate the ears. Basically, anything that a developer would have in order to modify these models was kind of given over to you as a player to control. And it means you always get incredibly unique avatars from people. Didn't they have that in um, Skyrim? And uh, I thought Skyrim, yeah. Yeah, and uh, what was the other one? Mass Effect. Didn't they have doubles? Those kind of things in there? Mass Effect gave you some options, um, but you did end up with varieties on mostly pretty similar-looking characters. Hmm. Um, I can't speak for Skyrim, because I didn't. I still, to this day, haven't played it. Um, well, which is all in all a damn slight better than the Grand Theft Auto um, character creation scheme, where you have to sort of mess around with your mother and father's genetics in order to get something vaguely resembling a unique character next generation down which just seems to be a ridiculously convoluted way of doing it yeah yeah i think i think what they tried to do with the gta one was introduce an element of gameplay uh, and backstory into creating your avatar um, but i think it was yeah i think it was misjudged yeah it certainly it was there wasn't much fun involved no. in it <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, well, I mean, from my perspective, there's a couple of things where, you know, first of all, with my Frontier hat on, you know, what we've been really missing uh, is the bulletin boards. So if we can use this sort of character creation tool or if they can use it to procedurally generate characters in-game and just put a picture, just a facial picture, head and shoulders up uh, with whatever job that you're accepting, I think that would go a long way in just making those jobs yeah, the job board just a little bit more interesting to actually peruse. Um, and also, if it comes to uh, sending communications in-game, so when you're talking ship-to-ship, uh, if a picture of the person that you're talking to, if their avatar pops up, again, not talking about animating them so that their math moves or anything stupid like they had doing Wing Commander, but even just a picture of them, I think just adds an extra layer to the simulation, just gives you a little bit more immersion to the game. Um, and just basically get us away from this sort of blanket wall of text that uh, Elite Dangerous seems to suffer so badly from. Um, I think it would go, you know, I think it would be really, really good. Um, I'm hoping that's going to be Horizons 1.1. I'm hoping that we get avatars, you know, pretty quickly. Because uh, I do think it's going to make a difference. I think we're going to have to because you're really going to need avatars for when you're driving around in your scarab and you're like two metres away from each other. Oh really? Because I would have thought you would have just had a, um, you know, uh, what's well, a remlock on a helmet? No, or a remlock or just some sort of survival suit. Yeah, especially Maybe, if you're yeah. on the, um, you know, especially if you're out in the atmosphere as opposed to on your ship. Yeah, but you're not. You're going to be sitting in a environmentally controlled 
cockpit effectively, aren't you? Yeah, I guess. Um, mm, yeah. I don't know. Um, mm. They could easily get around it by just putting a black visor down. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't think the, the incentive is there or well, the impetus is there with, uh, with Horizons per se. Yeah, I think if we're being boring, I actually suspect the real reason for Hairgate is hair is a hell of a pain to render properly. Yeah, probably. Um, I would actually use the real... What, I would actually keep it as not giving us much hair and say, you're, you're in zero-G doing wildly chaotic manoeuvres. You really don't want your long-flowing locks to get in the way all the time. Have you never yeah. heard of a hair tie? Jeez. Or a hat. <laughs> yeah, but it's it. just going to be so much easier just having it, you know, even if it's just a style having it shaven off, like on Arrington does. Why do you think Princess Leah had a hair that tight buns? For goodness sake. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I love but they had artificial I love that there. we're talking about Carrie Fisher's tight buns already. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no, no, don't. No, no, no. Uh, do, do not. No, whatever. but yeah. I think, I think it's valid. I think it's a valid practical point to say that in zero gravity you need things to be tied up a bit. But I think I think just talk, going back to that bulletin board in Frontier, I'm hoping that if they do add haircuts to um, the avatars, it's a different person than who did the haircuts for Frontier. Because there was <laughs> comedy barnets. And I think that's, that's the other reason for staying away from hair, is there is a fine line between kind of realistic avatar hair and just some comedy, comedy hairdos. There was a lot of purple from uh, from memory serves as well. There was a lot of sort of shiny purple do's uh, going around in Frontier. Yeah, there were uh, a lot that looked like Sean Young from Blade Runner. I remember that. Yes, there were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, moving from that to um, to the the Steam VR demoed headset, the HTC is it Vive V Five? Yes, Vive. Vive. Okay. Um, now this is something that is exceptionally interesting to me because initially I was going to put this one down on my Christmas card list because it was coming out before the Oculus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now found that the it's going to be just sort of a, a very limited release before Christmas, and the most of the release is actually going to occur at the same time as the Oculus. So it's now sort of fifty-fifty as to whether or not you go for this one or the Oculus. Um, but as I haven't tried it, and Ben, I believe you have. I I have tried it. I waited on Saturday. I waited for three and a half bloody hours in that queue for you yes that's what i like to hear (laughs) um and i managed to get a lot of interviews with random people overtaking me to play cqc's that's awesome as well um right first things first headset was quite comfortable didn't feel like i was wearing something overly heavy i still saw pixelation which kind of surprised me because i thought they'd really upped the resolution of the screens Mm -hmm. um so i was still seeing quite a lot of pixelation there which was a bit of a shame um, one thing which might put people off is you basically, it seems like you have to put up these wall-mounted green lights pointing at you, which do basically do the triangulation. And that could put people off, I think. Um, <laughs> what, in- installing a laser grid at home? I think that might be tricky. Yeah, so that's basically, but that's basically what people they seem to have to do to get, and that's what lets you. You basically you can walk around your room, and what's awesome about it is that works up to, I think they said five or ten meters squared at least, um, but also it just works if you just move your help, move your head around and things as well. So it was nice in that I could l- look down and see things, but you can do all that using the DK two at the moment, can't you? 
anyone who's using DK2. Yeah, sorry, I was on mute. Um, yeah, there's certainly not five five meters worth of uh, wiggle room on the DK2. That you're still pretty much limited to you know, sat in front of your desk, and you can maybe stand up and sit down. Uh- Okay, so, I mean, one of the things that you can definitely do is get up and get out of your chair and walk around. Um, now, obviously, Elite doesn't... You can do all this in Elite, and you can walk around your cockpit and things like that. Um, I was actually talking to one of the testers the other day on on Friday night, and just asked what happens if you walk out of your immediate cockpit area and he's like yeah kind of let's not go there and talk about anything at the moment because we haven't done anything like that um but there's no clipping detection or anything like that so theoretically i think you could probably you know exceed your area if your play space is big enough right what do you reckon is going to happen with that because obviously in theory all these ships have been modeled down to the the last nuts and bolts so is it possible to think that if you walked out of the back of your cockpit you could actually go into the corridor behind or do you think the game would just have a spaz? I suspect you might see something like half-done textures or something like that. You know, it's it's done, but it's not polished. It's what I suspect the situation is, but we don't know any of this. You know, we just know that... We know that you can walk around, we know there's no clipping because they don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. Um... And how was it in terms of, uh, obviously, the frame rate? How was it in terms of sort of movement? How was it? They were running a Titan the... X, so they were running it on a kick-ass graphics card. Um, <laughs> so anything I say about frame rates is, you know, the frame rate was awesome, but that's because they got a several hundred pound graphics card in the machine. <laughs> um, so obviously against the, the Oculus DK2. It's better than the DK2, um, but... As you said, we've got the CR1 coming out soon enough. Yeah. Um, personally, for me, what I actually think is going to be the interesting thing about life is what peripherals they're going to be having. So, for example, Oculus is going to be having the Oculus Touch, isn't it? And that is where I think that things will get... That extra layer of realism. If I can actually somehow map up my joystick so that my joystick is in its correct position in-game, my hands, I can, I can see and recognise where my hands are in-game, potentially even I can see where my fingers are in-game, um, then that's where this is going to just get so awesome, it's unbelievable. Because, you know, while I was flying around, even though I, by that time I knew the X-52 relatively well, I was losing where my buttons were. Because right. I, obviously I can't see my my finger for my boost or for my select or for my reverse or things like that. Because, um, you know, I can't see my hands. And that's where I personally get really confused. And okay, but I mean, that's not going to be a problem once you get used to your own sort of uh, joysticks. I mean, for me, if I was in a, uh, a VR headset, I would have no issues at all trying to navigate my way around my, uh, my X52. Mm. I mean, so it's, that's it's just the learning. Yeah, definitely. But I do think that... Getting peripherals and having the ability to map them up is just going to make life... It's just going to add yet another layer of realism. And I think that they can maybe do that kind of thing with the Vive. Certainly with larger stickers, effectively, they can identify objects as objects. Um, And they were doing a 
they've they've done a demo of reach out and take it. How do I do that? No, just re- move your hand out, and the item is actually where your your hand. It, Move your hand out and you will be able to get it. And apparently you know, they were doing all this using the demos that they've got. But that's obviously using um, items that have been marked up so that the Vive recognises what it is and where it is. Got it, yeah. Um, their designer was saying that he was getting so lost just playing fishing that he was having a problem doing a demonstration because he'd been using a fishing thing. And in his mind, this tiny little stick that he was holding was actually a sort of six foot long fishing pole and <laughs> how can how can he poke somebody with a tiny little stick he can't uh dear um okay so a couple of things obviously we will watch this space welcome for that back, one grant. welcome back grant uh, we'll watch the space of the Vive. Uh, we'll know a little bit more about it before the end of the year because obviously it will go on general release. So we'll see what uh, see what the community think about it when they get it in their hands. I'm sure someone will be able to get hold of one uh, in the elite community. Um, and then obviously we'll see how it compares against the Oculus early next year, Q1 next year, I believe the uh, the Oculus will be out by. So all I need to do is make sure we can save up enough money to actually get a kick-ass PC to run these things on because... Uh, I know for a fact my current PC is not uh, powerful enough to run them. Yeah, you really do need to be getting at least 90 frames a second. Right, okay. So I'm definitely not getting that. Um, but that's okay, because the the most important update that we've had from Season 2 doesn't really require 90 frames per second, although you know, 90 frames of bobble-headed Bobby goodness um, is always a good thing. Uh, what else was announced, Ben? Yeah, one more thing. We had David Braben going absolutely scarlet on stage, which was fantastic to watch. <laughs> Go on, detail. Uh, we, we have bobbleheads in game again. Hooray! And the crowd goes wild. So <laughs> for those people well. that weren't around at the beginning, uh, bobbleheads were a feature. We had uh, a Christmas tree when uh, it was Christmas yep. time. That was quite cool. And we also had the character from, I think it was Lost Winds, Lost wasn't Winds. it? Yes. Uh, Lost Winds uh, that uh, decorated our our ship, uh, our, our cockpit uh, dashboard for a while, much to the um, uh, how some people would say the breaking of the immersion. Um, but now they're back, which is great news. Who needs yeah. a fourth wall anyway? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> although I am actually being shot to pieces, so why don't you guys discuss that briefly whilst I try and not get my ass handed to me by this um, viper? Well, well uh, I, I sorry. Okay, there was one thing that was uh, was brought up by someone that said, "Did we you know, did we notice that the scene with all the bobbleheads in that video, which was absolutely hysterical?" And in fact, Ben, on the one video that I've seen of the AGX performance, I can hear you laughing your <laughs> backside off. Um, yes, I heard that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very funny thing. But it was very much like the uh, Rimmer World from uh, Red Dwarf. I- and uh, <laughs> but it was I mean it was just you know one it was nice to see something with a bit of a sense of humour you know a real good uh, fun factor to it and bobbleheads are just that but also to see that the, you know you're going to be able to have although why you would want to have your power head bobbling in front of you in your cockpit <laughs> I don't know um, however didn't stop me buying it did it 
No, absolutely. And if you think about it, you know, people have Jesus, people have their, you know, is it uh, Mary Magdalene they have uh, on their dashboard? I don't see why you couldn't have your faction leader on your dashboard. It's just the, the, the 33rd century equivalent, surely. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So, a progress update on the on the convoy. Uh, I've managed to beat the Viper. I'm only down to 92%, so that's quite cool. Uh, however, I am out of fuel, and I need help. Did you say you are out of fuel, Fozzle? I am out of fuel, and I need help. So, if someone whoop, would like to go and rescue whoop, me... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I am. Uh, where am I? Well, oh, I mean, really. You need to send a, a message in game to Commander. What was his name now? Or on? It was. Began with a P. Freedom. P H R E E D O M. If you send him a message, he will come and sort you out, sir. He'll probably on his way. Right. Okay. Um, it'll probably help him to know where I am. I'm in uh, Col two eight five sector PV dash Y A sixteen dash one. You will so all pirates in game. Please make a note of that location. <laughs> we have Commander Fozzer without any fuel, unable to escape in. <laughs> what yeah, exactly. Two eight five sector PV something or other. <laughs> if you could send him, if you send Freedom a wing request, obviously what you would normally do is go onto the Fuel Rats website, um, put in your distress call, and then you log out of the game while giving them a chance to sort of get in touch with you. But if you send Commander Freedom a, a sort of friend request, then he, and then wing up with him, he'll be able to find you a lot easier and be able to fuel you up. He is kitted out. He is a Fuel Rat, and he is willing to come and help you. Oh, look at that. He's already sent me a friend request. Freedom, thank you very much indeed. Awesome. That's how they roll. That's why they are so bloody awesome. Excellent. Well, I'm going to sit here and uh, wait to be rescued. <laughs> Uh, what else have we got left? Uh, okay, so obviously the uh, the confirmation of the bobbleheads. Uh, we've also been told that uh, uh, the 1.5 update, what we were calling ships, I believe, is going to be out at the same time as the Horizons update, so around about the holiday time. Um, what do you guys think about that? Because I always thought that 1.5 would be out before... Um, horizons as opposed to sort of being bundled in at the same time it seems to it seems to me that it's going to get get lost in the um yeah, lost in the big update as opposed to actually being an update of its own i think i was yeah i think i was of the exact same impression that it was going to be a sort of in betweeny but yeah I suppose it's not if it's not bringing any sort of complex gameplay to the game, just more ships. Then I don't see there being an issue with it being bundled with an update at all. It'll just be you know even more awesome. Yeah, and I suppose it also gives something to those people that um, you know haven't uh, decided to upgrade and go to Horizons you know straight away. It means that there is other things over Christmas that they can get stuck into in the basic simulation in the basic game. Well, I was always under the impression that 1.4 might have been taking a little while longer than they originally planned. So they, they might have had to shift um, 1.5 back uh, to the Horizons release, release date. That's interesting. Have you heard that from anywhere else? No, no, I think it's just, um, it's, just the, it's just a feeling that I got, the fact that they were saying, oh, 1.4 will be coming uh, quite quickly... Uh, a few months after the Xbox, and then the Xbox version, they said, no, it'll be a couple of weeks afterwards, and then, lo and behold, it seems to be at the same time. Yeah. 
So it, it's just based on, on that kind of delay. Normally, we, when you're stuck in software development, like, like uh, I think the majority of the elite community must be, uh, they sort of recognize that, oh, hang on, that sounds like this. there might be a delay going on there. But to be honest, as long as we get the content in the end, I think this community has shown that they're not really that bothered about the, the timescales. No, I think that's probably true. What was that? That was my wife saying that I am too loud for her hobby city. Uh, okay. Ah! <laughs> Did she not know to throw mugs? <laughs> cool. Okay, well, I think that pretty much does it for the uh, development news in case we've missed anything. Uh, guys, have we missed anything that you can see? No. Excellent. No. Okay, well, Ben, why don't you tell us, because I was under the impression that you were just going to go to... Um, EGX for um, for one day, but it seems like you seem to spend the entire weekend there. I've basically lived there for the past four days. Yeah, well, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. No, no, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's it. Um, yeah, I was kind of there all the time. Um, after, especially Saturday and Sunday, it was awesome. I mean, not just the elite community is awesome, but. All the gamers that I bumped into are so awesome, such nice people, just so nice to talk to. I'm sounding a bit like Grant here, aren't I? Yeah, um, that's not a necessarily a bad. Sorry, thing. yeah, I, I, there was, you know, I, I am not a FPS player on consoles. I have always sucked at it. I just can't get my head around the controls. And I was playing Battlefront, which looks absolutely beautiful, by the way, and. I was playing Battlefront with these um, guys who I've been waiting in the queue with for about 40 minutes, and I was like, I'm really sorry, I'm probably going to get you all killed, I will suck at this. And they were totally okay with me being on their team, I was like, it's all good, it's all for fun, and they were just even, such nice people, that was awesome. Um, also, which was really, really nice, was how much interest there was in Elite Dangerous. I, I was just, just walking around the queue. Uh, like I was just waiting in the queue for prison. Oh, shit, I'm just sorry. Language. Just crashed into a sun there. Thank you. <laughs> you can't swear and then swear again. <laughs> Grab me some fuel whilst you're there, will you? <laughs> it's a little red dwarf. That's why I crashed into it. <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, Commander Freedom, all credit to Fuel Rats. They're only three jumps away, probably less than three jumps away to me now. Um, so that's one hell of a service we've got going on here. Um, so Battlefield, um, obviously that's one game that I would be looking at getting on the PlayStation yes. 4. Awesome yeah. game? Awesome game. Um, I played using, uh, I think it was on a PS4. Um, my wing is now laughing at me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was playing using the PS4. I I would play it using a, a keyboard and mouse on the PC rather than on the console, but that's because I don't like FPSs on the consoles. Um, I'm now getting interdicted. Uh, come on, if you can't multitask, yeah. come on the show. I'm a man, I can't multitask. Um, <laughs> it looks absolutely beautiful. The gameplay was a lot of fun. The mission that I did were basically um, being attacked by... 
oh, we were a rebel that had basically ran, at, jumped out of our ship onto Tatooine, and we were basically having to defend our position, waiting for a pickup. Um, and, and what the graphics like? You know, how did it? Play? Uh, the, it looked like I was watching a movie, if not better. Really? That's yeah, quite the graphics were awesome. And the frame um, rate and stuff on, on the actual console? On the PS4, the it was fine, yeah. It was fine. And what sort of... Um, I mean, were the vehicles involved as well, or were you literally just sort of... I, I was foot? completely on foot. But there weren't any other vehicles that you could have commandeered or anything not like that? In, not in my map. There was a 20-player versus 20-player map as well, which I could have gone and done, but that had another 4 IQ, and there was no way I was going to do that for a game. I didn't really want to... I didn't. It wasn't the game I was wanting to wait twenty minutes to play. Yeah. Um. Okay. And didn't you say you also saw quite a cool indie game that you thought Jarvis might be into? I did. Uh, I've got the card here. Actually, um, it was a game called Master Plan. I've managed to lose my wing now. Sorry, guys. I don't know where you are. Uh, it's a game called Master Plan, which is, looks like basically you're a bunch of criminals, and you can arrange your you arrange your heists however you want to do it. Um, and it it's supposedly gives you complete freedom as to what you're doing. Um, and that sounded very much like a game that Jarvis would really enjoy. Um, yeah, it, it looks like yeah. it looks a bit. It looks a bit like Door Kickers, which I was having a lot of fun. A sort of hybrid, real-time, turn-based, sort of top-down planning. Um, type thing where you you sort of pull your characters around with with you know um, lines with with orders on, um, and it sort of reminded me of Door Kickers, but with a few more options. Because I mean, really, Door Kickers um, is just uh, you know really just go in and clear the place and kill everybody. <laughs> um, whereas this one, yeah, looks like it's got a few more options of what to do, you know, with your characters. And it does get fun. Yeah, the other th- big thing that I saw was um, a game which I really, really enjoy playing called Prison Architect. And I saw some of these photos. They'd basically mocked up an entire sort of like cell block, hadn't they? In Prison and Architect, and, yes. Yeah, and you'd gone down and you had to go and go and sit in the cells in order to actually play and demo the game. Is that right? Yeah, that was so good. They went off, and they had a. Um, oh, he was actually a really nice guy, even though he looked completely evil. Um, dressed up as a prison guard, <laughs> he, was a lo- he was a lovely guy. But just like you managed, yeah, you know, possibly even a professional actor. I have no idea. Um, and Noscar, I know I can look on the map, but I'm trying to do other things as well at the moment. Yeah, I'm sort of really interested in Prison Architect. I've I've been a huge fan of Introversion Software for years. Yeah, um, I got. You know, I got, I was one of the, you know, sort of early, before any of the kind of Kickstarter thing, these guys funded the development of Uplink through yep. pre-orders. Um, and I, I, I've been with them since the kind of Uplink pre-order days. And funnily enough, talking about Uplink, because um, well, I was talking about it on the show the other week, about how to take the case apart, and there was like hidden secrets inside the case. Someone sent me a photo on Facebook and said, do you know, I've had this game for over 10 years, and I've never looked inside the case. And because you mentioned it on the podcast, I've now taken it apart and had a look. And he'd sent me this photo. It's a little, like, book full of secrets. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's it's not just inside. You actually have to take the jewel, the CD jewel case. You have to take it to pieces. 
Yeah. Ooh, wow. In order to in order to get to it, so it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I love, I've always loved introversion stuff. You know, they Hi. did they did Uplink, they did um, Darwinia, which was great. Mm-hmm. They did Defcon, which was depressing. Um, <laughs> and occasionally, it's a little bit hard to get into, and and I'd argue quite unbalanced in terms of the six sides aren't. Is it six sides or four? Sides? I can't remember. They're not very equal. I think if if you've played a lot of. Um, um, matches on it but I'm always interested in what they're doing and I, I've been a bit worried that Prison Architect was something of a had become something of a joke because ever since I've been back into PC gaming and had Steam, Prison Architect's been on early access and seems to have been on permanent sale <laughs> even that I was, I'm amused that it's the game that I've seen on sale the most considering it isn't even out yet um, and <laughs> when, I, when I got when I got the email from Introversion saying Prison Architect will be out in October, I, there was a part of me that was thinking, "Is that game still not out?" <laughs> but it does sound like, in in kind of almost frontier fashion, that they've been saving a lot of features. Yeah. they've been holding a lot of features back for the big release. Um, and I think actually, you know, now the game is actually finished, it might be time for me to, uh, if not get it, then at least put it on my Skype wish list. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a step. And I. I I was lucky that I actually got a chance to speak with Mark Morris from Introversion. Yeah, be cool. Um, and that was so awesome, just having a chance to talk talk with him. And the stuff that they're doing for Worst Version One sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the I really I can't wait to escape from one of my own prisons, for example. Yeah, I I love capturing prisoners escaping, and the option to do that escape myself would just be awesome. Okay, so, um, quick update, I've never done this whole fuel rat thing before, so uh, Freedom is in the system now, I've dropped out of Super Cruise and I'm just sort of hanging around in space. What happens next? Well, he will find you by your your nav lock, so if you engage your wing beacon it will help him get to you, well, I don't Okay, how do I do that? Uh, go to your communications menu and yeah. go up to your wing options, because it should be uh, beneath your wing, there'll be a little options menu. Uh, nope. Yeah, click on two, then go to the next tab along, and then under your two wing members, if you you'll have an option. Oh yeah, options. Yeah, done that. Uh, done that now. Okay. He'll then nav lock onto you, find your location, drop out beside you, and he will fire fuel at you. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I feel this could be a big hoax, and I'm about to get my ass handed <laughs> no, to me? No, not at all. It's a, it's a really it's a really sort of um, you, if, in fact if you go to your um, external view. You can watch the limpets um, coming in and, and sending little bubbles of fuel across to your um, your cargo hatch. Get the back out of here, really? Okay, let's uh, let's do that. Where's my uh, external view camera button? Okay, right. So literally, it's just limpets that attach somewhere on my ship and pass me fuel. Yeah, essentially they just come to your cargo hatch, and then there's a sort of animation to suggest something being transferred between you. Okay. Well, you should I get think. one ton of fuel per limpet, I think. Yeah, it'll deliver a ton, yeah. And it'll just, you know, fill you up until you've got enough to get you going. Okay, and then well, I think shoot, yeah. um, Freedom might have actually got sick of me being such a noob at this and not putting my nav beacon out and doesn't seem to have hung around. <laughs> well, have you been abandoned? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and don't, and uh, Mindwipe is saying, don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah, sorry, no, don't move. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. I gave that <laughs> advice very badly. Sorry. 
<laughs> oh dear. Just be, I mean, it might just be a case of he may have been interdicted, so that would certainly cause him problems. But if you just, you know, sit sit patiently, he'll be with you. Okay, I shall sit in this life for the next. <laughs> I seem how's to be, everybody else? I was going to say, how's well, everybody else doing on the convoy? I'm, I'm really struggling with this convoy. I seem to be in a wing with an invisible psycho cow. Um, he was in my wing for a bit, and now he's disappeared. And I'm also in with Simon Winard and someone called... Yeah, but I've discovered that since taking off from Compton, I'm in a wing with people that have a an over 13 light year jump range, and mine's about 11.7. So I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to take the same route as these guys. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of, and I'm still. Um, What am I? I'm still 42 jumps from Sothis. Oh, I wow. am losing the will to live. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one. I mean, we're 32 jumps out. It is a long, long, long run, and it requires, unfortunately, it does require attention, which is something that you can't always give when you're doing jumps like this. You get a bit tired, a bit, you know, you take that little sort of, that long blink that happens, and sometimes when you're in supercruise, and then the next <laughs> thing you know, your cargo hatch is melted and you're leaking gold into the atmosphere. Uh, now, I know, Foz, ahead of you on your route, you were just behind. Mind Wipe and Commander Bapster and I forget who else was on their wing so they were just ahead of you but I know that they didn't come back to give you any fuel no they were off like a shot <laughs> uh, I don't blame them to be fair right uh, Freedom has arrived he's uh, sitting in front of me uh, what's the uh, screenshot button key is it F- F10 F10 yeah F10 yeah F10. oh look at that look at that look at that something's something's coming oh, oh that's quite cool <laughs> <laughs> Only Elite Dangerous can make refueling or the AA seem sexy, elite, and beautiful, don't you? Oh, dear, it's just blown up. I hope it wasn't a bomb. And here comes another one. I had the privilege of talking to a fuel rat the other day, and the stuff that they do is so awesome. That even They deliberately faceplant suns to rescue commanders who are stuck so close to a sun that you can't actually wing into their, like do a frame wing, a wing beacon thing into them. You just have to face plant the sun and hope that you're close enough. And I think that's so awesome. Yeah. So I mean, basically, these things are attaching to my hull. Uh, they're obviously filling me up, and then they detach and, and blow up. There's a little sort of explosion as they detach from the hull. Well, the limpets, um, so they're all disposable, yeah. aren't they? That's very cool. That's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. We've got a third lance. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hiding behind the star. Who is it? Yep. Commander Task. Commander Task. Come on, Wing, where are you? I'm in an anaconda, though, so he's going to be in a bit of a, a fright when uh, my two wings come in, which is another anaconda and a python. I'll just say hello. Just um, out of curiosity, how much fuel does uh, Freedom have on board? Because this seems like it might take a number of years to fill me up to capacity. You don't need capacity, you just need enough to get to the next sun. Well, there seems to be a lot of non-scoopable suns nearby. Which I also think is a bit of a letdown for the game. I mean, surely it would be nice to have... Because well, yeah, we're all jumping and it's scoopable star, scoopable star, scoopable star. <laughs> and you're, I'm sure you're going the dark, you're going down the back alleys. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Um, but 
wouldn't it be good if when you're actually in this situation and you, you jump to you know, a number of unscoopable stars where you could just stop and you'd get all the nav data from all the uh, surrounding stars and that you could see which one was nearby that you could actually jump to as opposed to sort of taking the potluck because obviously all the, the nav information is greyed out until you actually get there. You can at least see the star information, then you just go by the star type of anything. What is it again? Um, o B A F G K M. So, O B a fine girl and kiss me. He says, oh, getting a piece of paper and hey. writing this shit down. Um, hey. Say that again. <laughs> o B a fine girl and kiss me. O B a fine girl. And kiss me. So, what exactly does that symbolise? They're the star that you can scoop from. O B E A F. O B A F G K M. But what, what if you don't like kissing girls? <laughs> oh, be a fine guy and kiss me. Hey! He's, he's yeah, put a lot of thought into that one, hasn't he? Balance, drop, ice, universe. I think that was a bit too quick. <laughs> it was more like saying, yes, I, oh, you just used the one I used then, Grant. You, <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Um, okay, well, <laughs> oh, is, um, is there anything else that we need to pick up on the show? Obviously, I don't think the whole show is going to be able to get to um, get to Sothis in time. We will probably continue this off-air. Um, Anybody actually got there already, or is anybody about to arrive? No, so we can do this on there. No one Commander Ventura has arrived. I've got a message from him that he's out there. Uh, Javert is a hundred light years out, so they're making great uh, distance, which is great. Some of the guys, including part of my wing, held back and waited for me when. Oh, cracky! I'm overheating them. Cooking my anaconda, held back and waited for me at the Compton dock when I went to do the scout pickup. So, oh nuts! I've melted my cargo hatch again. How much? <laughs> how much am I leaking? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Phew! Don't jet into cargo! No! Stop! <clears throat> That's the second time I've done that tonight. Okay. Well, it looks like Mr. Freedom has run out of fuel because he's leaving me now. Um, well, actually, he's doing a lovely pirouette in front of me. Uh, so I need, now need to try and find a system nearby that I can actually scoop from. So going into the galaxy map, um, looking at the systems nearby, what exactly am I looking for? And where does it tell me what kind of star it is? I'll leave that one for Ben to explain, but ideally if you can find a system nearby with a station and you can go and refuel. Well, Again, I wouldn't have work. that... Um, I wouldn't have that um, information, would I? Okay, so you go to your galaxy map. Right, guys, please don't jump off without me. I'm talking to Fozzer at the moment. So go to your ga- galaxy map. Yeah. Click on view. Uh, oh, view. Okay, yeah. Right, show by colour, and then select star class. And then you can go and... The guys are jumping, you swines! <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see, deselect the things underneath M. So get rid of L, T, Y, and so on. And then you'll be able to see stars that you can scoop from. Now, you see, that is damn useful. Yes, yes it is. And to all uh, pirates out there, Commander Adelweiss uh, is by himself. Uh, 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 I repeat, Commander Adelweiss <laughs> is by himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the nearest one is... Uh, 
white yellow star. Go for it. Okay, so I'm going to select that. Um, can I get there on the fastest route? Okay, so a massive thank you to Commander Freedom. Uh, He has literally got me out of the crap uh, quite considerably there. That Um, is what the fuel rats do on a regular basis, and we know that they've gone out to help distant or well-off explorers just to help them get on as well. So, I mean, these guys, they must love it. They just must love that kind of uh, feeling. Altruistic. Yeah. Yeah. Complete altruism heroes, that's what they are. Um, and talking about altruism, uh, one final thing that I managed to do at EGX was I was talking to Barry from Special Effect, and the stuff that they were showing off there was so cool. In what um, sense? What sort of things were they doing? Right, they had a nice little stand up with. Um, and I've lost my wing now. Where are they? They had a nice stand going, uh, which was showing people playing Minecraft um, and a couple of other games. So, you, but what they were doing was they had the ability. Um, you're wearing put on an Oculus Rift, and there was stuff inside of it, for example, that could basically looking at your eye tracking. So right. you could do your. Um, and with some games, you could do completely hands-free game control just using your head and your eye tracking. Other things, you maybe had more simplistic controls for, say, moving your character around in Minecraft, but you didn't need the fine motor control that you that using a mouse and keyboard or gamepad normally require. And the work, just the work that Special Effect do and their enthusiasm for helping people out is so awesome. So they deserve massive shout-outs because they're, they're great guys. No, it is. It's awesome. It's obviously one of the charities that uh, Frontier Development supports. obviously one of the charities that we support with LaveCon as well. Um, they do phenomenal things uh, mm-hmm. for those people who, uh, who can get a lot out of games but obviously can't do it in the same way that you and I can. So, yeah, fantastic oh. stuff. And as they were saying, you know, the NHS maybe, or health services will maybe help you with getting yourself a bit better. But I I know from just speaking to friends in long-term care, the... It's so boring! (laughs) You you know, you... It's, you it's one need of those things, stuff ben, to be able to do. You've got you've got wonderful charities like um, now what was it called? Back to work and things where they'll mm. come in and assess you for what you need with regards to getting you able to work and to function. There is very little, uh, unless you know, of course, you go through social work, which can be tricky and very very time consuming, and ultimately can come down to budgets, but. When you've got a charity like Special Effect that knows that gaming is 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 one of those pleasures in life that everybody should have, it's one of those escapes from being stuck in. I remember one of the firemen that was injured in one of the massive fires in Glasgow a number of sort of like twenty twenty five years ago. A really big fire made the news. There's a lot of firemen killed. He is permanently bedbound and is so reliant on an internet connection for entertainment, for the vital communication and 
just to help him. I mean, for my, for my wife, you know, because she's stuck as well, and her bed has been now for, crikey, seven, eight years. I'm not sure, it just seems like forever. And it's the simplest things that make her happy. Playing Minecraft on uh, the Xbox with a projector screen gives her a sense of being outside and wandering about now that you take it for granted um, but you know I, I like to put her in the oculus and it, it's a genuine emotional response to getting out of her body now she's completely addicted to animal crossing and is in fact desperately excited about getting the new version in a couple of days time <laughs> so so gaming is essential to relieve the boredom as you say ben it just is what gives her the escape for the time while I'm sitting here on this podcast talking to you guys and ignoring her. Aye, and you know the, the it's it's something that is lacking from personal care, I guess. They don't. They don't have the scope for. It. I mean, the, the NHS no. is is very much about the health, and it doesn't quite go in as far on the well being as it is. Some people are lucky, and they have those kind of services available to them. Sometimes you are fighting a, a very sort of long battle to try and get somewhere and having charities like this and there's a number of other charities out there especially with relating to care you've got the carers trust you've got carer centers you've got income support maximization teams you have got the uh, local um, coordinators they're great as well for helping you find the services in your area and then of course you've got all these different charities like special effects and they, they, they're out there doing a great job as well. I'm trying to think, there's other ones as well that I wanted to say, but they've gone out of my head. But yeah, there's so many people that have been there and involved helping us get the help that we needed when we needed it. And it was one of these things where it comes down to a point where you don't have that service. There maybe isn't any capability in your area or your local area or even your sort of country sometimes that support you on that kind of thing where it's about entertainment and about having fun because the one thing that gets you through the toughest weeks, the painful days, the deep depressions is the ability to have fun and on these days I'll be on that Animal Crossing and we'll be in her island and we'll be fishing for sharks and we'll be running around <laughs> our little towns uh, or we'll do uh, why is the thing green? I don't know why it's green but you're green on my screen, which is quite interesting. And, and oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being interdicted by AI. So, and she's <laughs> built uh, an animal as in, in sort of Minecraft. She's got a racetrack, so if the kids are home, we'll go and do that. I mean, there's just so much about games and gaming that allows her to experience something that just you know just alleviates the the pain for a little bit of time and allows her to be involved in gameplay with people that she would otherwise not be. That's so, awesome. That's really awesome. Um, okay, well, from what shout-out to um, some other shout-outs, who have we got in in-game, and who have we got in Twitch, and who have we got in Wings? Because uh, what we're going to do is we're going to bring this episode 80 of Late Radio to a close. Uh, we are going to stay live broadcasting for those people that are in the convoy and who want to see us actually finally get to Sothis. Um <laughs> Because uh, I'm sure we will get there eventually, as long as you're not all waiting for me. Uh, let's start off with the chat room. Colin. Hello, right. We've got uh, Commanders Arkenbaust, Bewilder Beast, Commander 
just Commander. Commander Babster, Commander CGI Artist, Commander Highbright, Commander Icefire, Commander Johnny S, Commander Payne, Commander Tia Tyne, Commander Thorn, Come on Aisling, Drythus, Endgame, Gimli, Grand Solo, Ainem, Mangle, Markdis, Max Ursa, Nelson, One Pit, Skynet FS, Sneavis and Starion. Excellent stuff. And Grant, who do we have in Twitch? Speaking of an anaconda that uh, managed to eye up Chris the wrong way. <laughs> and we've got rid of him. He didn't appear on my, my screen for a couple of seconds before... What are they all shooting at? Ah, there he is. There he is. So mind wipe saying that he was in chat as well. We have got 73 people in Twitch chat. Shall we just say hello to them all? <laughs> no. It's a bit of a cop-out. I think you've got to read every single one. Or at least do every five. <laughs> okay. Uh, Adaman, 1991. Alien Pickle, Amazing Miserix, uh, Arms Like Noodles, Baby Powder, Balsa 607, Burkus, Bretzelman, Candyman, FTW, Captain Mimi, Cypher Invictus, Commander Alien, Commander Babster's here as well, Brusilov, Commander Garrick, Commander Ignatius J. Really, I hope I got that right this week. Ignatius? <laughs> Ignatius? <laughs> Commander Preterite, uh, Commander Crindusk, yeah, Dr. Crindusk, maybe, I don't know. We'll see who that one is. Commander McLaren, Knut, Cryptic Suck. No, that'll be Cryptics UK. <laughs> Cursirelis, Creek, Delu, Deboro, Drunken Mafia, Mafiolans. Okay. Tar, easy target to hit. Edith the Hutt, Gazer, Goose491, Ground Stop, Highlight 207, Ho Ho Task. That's definitely wrong. Holy Voli Manoli, Holy Manoli, Manoli, Jim the Guru, Cripple, nope, Kipple, 1962, Laga, Laguna Hunter, Mech Shadow Beast, Mecha D, Meland Laurel, Millstone Barn, hello, Nakahatra, Knock, Patrick Swarmer, PB1 of 6, Peterix 1973, Freedom 1, he's in the Twitch chat as well, Rat E J Man, Roski 316, Sergeant Barnes, Shell Strom, Shepherds of Commerce, Sneavis, Speed Raver, Swarp Pelit, Tay Tutti, Tell J, he's an awesome pilot in CQC, beware him if he's in your instance, by the way. Um, we, who was the Tell J? Why can't I see them? Silly, silly things going on. Uh, Ulysses Wolf, Unky Steve, Velvet Lease, and there is someone at the bottom of my screen I cannot see, but it starts with a Z and an X, and uh, I can't see your name out. Terribly sorry. <laughs> Excellent. I was actually genuine where saying read every fifth one out, but never mind. We'll do the whole lot. Why not? Um, okay, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com/laveradio at laveradio, and you can join the Skype chat channel by adding me, Fuzzle One One, to your Skype contacts, or you can join our Teamspeak server where commanders come and hang out to chat. That's laveradio.teamspeak3.com, and Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8:30 p.m. British Standard Time. And streamed out live at laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks to Ben, to Colin, to Chris, and to Grant for joining me on this particular episode. Uh, if you can't, <laughs> one last thing. Until next time. One last thing. One last thing. Just shout out Chaos Champs tomorrow night. Oh, I have to do it. 
Okay, uh, Chaos Champs uh, on Twitch. Uh, that's twitch.tv forward slash Chaos Champs. Uh, John Stabler and myself commentating on, uh, at the moment, some exhibition matches for Chaos Reborn. Uh, that's at 9 p.m. British Standard Time. Sorry, British Summer Time at the moment, um, every Wednesday night. Um, we are, I think we're still looking for competitors for tomorrow night. Um, so, you know. If any of you guys here are going to man up, or if anybody else would like to take part, um, do email us at info at laveradio.com, um, and we will line up tomorrow night's match. Awesome. Okay, folks, that's it for another episode. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. let you know before we go off air we are still streaming on twitch.tv forward slash lave radio if you want to watch the remainder of the <laughs> the courier what do you call it convoy <laughs> just remember what it's all about people one more time for Colin Ford because I know he loves it